Hey, how's it going, Hunters fans? I have something really exciting for you while we're talking about the finale. I'm also going to have two of the actors calling in. I'm going to have Sarah Carradine, who you know as Musa, and Laura Gordon as Abby. And they're going to be calling in via Skype, so stay tuned. You're tuning in to the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, so, this music right now, we have the all alone because I'm by myself for the finale. Uh, Katerina had a time commitment uh, issue that she couldn't make it, and then Richie had to leave us earlier on. But I have two guests via Skype, so that's pretty darn awesome. So, welcome, Serhat. Welcome. Welcome, hi guys. Yeah, so guys, um, you might know him as Musa from the show Hunters, and definitely had a major role towards the end of the show, and especially in the last one, the finale. So, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. how does it feel now that it's done and essentially all done, done? Because yeah, no renewal for two, right? Sad. Yeah. Sad. But you know what? It was an amazing experience. It was exciting. It was fun to be on. It was something new for us as well in Australia, so it was good to watch it. It was good to be on it. Um, great characters, great storytelling. And it was really saying a lot, too, about what was going on in the world at the time. So it was great to be part of it. I'm really excited. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and then how did you hear about this project that you got involved in the first place? Um, there's a little story to that, actually. Uh, I originally, would you believe, was cast for a – if you remember in Episode 6, there mm-hmm. was a prison warden called – um, prisoner Amari. Okay, yeah. And I remember I crushed his face yeah. in episode six. I actually had his part, and then oh. I went down for the table read, which I'm in Sydney, and the, the table read was in Melbourne. And I went down for the reading for that, and I don't know what I did at that reading, but they offered me Musa. Nice. <laughs> After, yeah. That's a big shift. <laughs> yeah, it was. Like I was only down there, I was supposed to be down there for one day for that reading, and I ended up staying there for two, three days, and by the end of that, two, three-day process, they offered me the part of Musa, which was really exciting. I couldn't believe it was like one for one, something so small, my life just changed around. Yeah, and amazing. then you went from being a human to now being a hunter. What was it like being a hunter? Um, I have to get the clicks right, put it that way. Yeah, that would be one I have to ask. How how was that process? Like, I think that I they make me uncomfortable to watch. You're just like, it's like when you have a bad shiver when you're really cold or something. It's it, it's kind. It comes out at heightened emotions. Like if mm. you're really agitated, it'll come out. If you're feeling like you want to communicate something, get up, trying to get your message across to somebody on a purpose. Um, you can actually do it to one person. You can actually do a, a group of people. So if you notice in the in episode six, I actually had a, a click that was going more towards like like that. Uh. So it was more of a deeper one. So that was like a signal from the leader. It was a leader's messaging service, and then the rest of it was all just really clicks to each other. Because the, the 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 alien inside us is the one that's communicating the clicks out, mm. and so and so humans expressed it. Oh, okay, that's a good way to think of it. Yeah. Did, did you guys have like click lessons? <laughs> <laughs> um, not really. No, I think I, I don't know because I think the click started before I came on. Uh. It was a form of communication that was already created. I think it might. I think it was already created from the first few episodes. So they just, it was in the screenplays as well. So really, they kind of left it up up to us to. Cr- give our own personal touch to it. 
But um, because I was a leader, I think mine was a little bit more deeper and bigger. But, mm. but, but generally, I, my clicks were the same as everybody else. And the clicks that you hear on the show aren't the clicks that we were hearing on the set. The clicks we were hearing on the set was just like clicking our teeth, but they added the effect in later. Ah, okay. Did that hurt your jaws at all after all the clicking? Uh, um, no. I, like Again, I, if I go back to the one I used to do, the, the, the deep, big one, or yeah. I, to that, yeah, that would after a while, but... No, it was, it, was, it was pretty easy to do, actually. The, the, the general normal clicks were easy. Mm-hmm. And then how was your experience doing some of the physical stuff? Because you had a bit of fighting, especially in this finale. Yeah. Um, well, I, fortunately, I've got a bit of martial arts background, so the physicalities and the punches and the kicks and that so on were coming pretty naturally. It was just mm. really timing because Nathan, had, um, Nathan, who was playing Briggs, had a gun in his hand, so tapping that out of the way and getting the speed of that, and also grabbing people and so on. So I think sometimes they would have ramped it up so it looks faster than what it was on the set mm-hmm. as an effect. So, yeah. yeah, it was good fun. I mean, as long as we don't hurt each other. And a couple of times we had to crash match the fall onto, which is great, which you don't see. But, yeah, it was it was all choreographed. We had fight coordinators, stunt coordinators on set, safety officers, everything. So nothing was left to, an act, to a chance for anything to happen. They covered it. Oh, okay, gotcha. And then actually a different kind of physicality. You had to deal with your character being very ill towards the end. How was that experience? Yeah, I, well, in the screenplay, I don't know I, I don't know why it's happening. And I eventually work out that Liana mm-hmm. is starting to betray me. So she was the one that was really injecting me with something that was, instead of making me better, it was making me worse. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that my character picked up on it a bit too late. Mm-hmm. If he picked it up on it a bit early, he could have saved himself. It would have been much more healthier. Yeah. And uh, also in the finale, we on this after show, we talked a lot about how amazing the special effects have been on the show, and the your demise at the end was pretty jaw dropping, <laughs> or head splitting rather. <laughs> yeah, um, that was Justin Dix, the um, special effects crew. They were amazing. He um, he took a mold of my head first, uh-huh. and then what he did was showed me a graphic of what it's going to look like. And it was actually what it turned out to be, like my head split, the brain hanging out. Ugh. And then um, what happened was that process to put it all on me took about, I don't know, an hour and a half all up. So what is half of it's a prosthetic, and then they paint, blend it in, okay. in little bits and pieces. And then once it gets split, there was another uh, dummy that actually gets split. So he shoots my head, my head splits open, I fall on top of him, and then when he puts his hands in my sorry to say, the skull, and splits it, <laughs> yeah. that was another dummy. Oh, quite an elaborate yeah. process. Yeah, it is. Was it? Was, I've never done anything like that, too, so it's a good experience to do that first time. Oh, it's cool. Amazing. Did it gross you out to watch yourself get uh, injured that way? No, because I, I saw most of it on set. Oh, okay. But the, when they, actually, when they put it all together, Yeah. when they edited it together and then the cinematography and the and the style and the grading, you know, it actually makes it look so much better than what it was on the set. And you got to give your hands to the filmmakers that put it all together for that. You just go, wow! From those little tiny little bits, they put it's like a jigsaw puzzle. Mm-hmm. When it all comes together on set, and you see it, and then you see it on on the episode. It's just like wow, the way they put it together, it's incredible. Oh, oh, absolutely, yeah. And this show, I, I feel the yeah, the effects were amazing, the look of it were amazing. Actors were very talented, of course, too. And I had a great, I had a neat feel to it. Yeah, it did. It did. It did. On one level, it's your, your typical kind of like investigative um, slash uh, X Files FBI, and then the mm-hmm. other side of it, it's got this kind of under this kind of like sinister terror threat, which is the aliens hiding in our bodies. What are they up to? There was this bigger idea that's always been brewing through the first few episodes. Mm-hmm. The idea of this, this, this. What are they? Why are they here? What do they want? 
and eventually, in fact, if you think about the Musa character, he was bit like a Jesus character in some ways mm-hmm. where all he wanted to do originally was just great find all these people convert them back to their natural form and then get get out of this country mm-hmm. get out of the planet sorry as well yeah <laughs> well in a way it's both yeah and then um were there any happy accidents on set anything that like went wrong but kind of worked out in the end that's a question you should ask Laura okay yes <laughs> I, I saw a photo of that and then we'll definitely have to talk about that <laughs> yeah um, yeah. or, or no, any... when I was on set, no. Uh, mm-hmm. When I was chopping the tree, I remember when I was chopping the tree in episode six in the forest. Yeah. Um, we weren't allowed to actually chop a tree. So what they uh... did was they, they, they drilled a piece of bark onto the tree because the tree, those trees are a protected area. So when I was smashing the bark they put on the tree, that kept splitting in half. And I was supposed to do like two, three axes. I just said to him, I think the power of Musa, I can't control Musa, the alien inside me was too much power. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, nice. Uh, were there any um, funny memories from set? Anything in particular that stood out that was, you know, good stories to tell each other later? Um, let me think. Not the top of my head, no, no. Uh... Was it a pretty serious set, or uh, did you guys get a goof off a little bit? Um, I, the only funny thing I can remember is when I had to do a nude scene. Right, yeah. That's when you first, when, came, when we're first introduced to your character, right? Pretty much. Yeah, when I came out of that little pod. Yeah. I was actually, I was completely, I was completely stark naked. Now, of course, <laughs> it's a close set. It's a television. They can't show anything. I had to wear a, what they call a modesty pouch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but still, but still, you, you are a bit self-conscious. I've never done that before. So, you know, it's 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 a close set, but still, there are at least sort of 80 people on one side of the camera. So, and it was very cold. That forest was freezing. So mm. I was naked and they had blankets and socks and everything ready. Every time they called cut, people would just surround me with warm clothes and blankets. That was because I, I actually, I, there's another scene where I had to fall into the ditch in episode six. Mm-hmm. I fall into the ditch. I bumped my head once. Mm. That's a bit of an accident, I suppose. Yeah. Did you get any injuries on set? No, I was actually okay. No, I, was, I did okay, actually. No, no, nothing serious. No. Oh, that's good. Um, no. It's good fun. It's really good fun. And then, uh, how was it working with uh, Liana for from Musa's perspective? Because you had this your right hand woman who uh, not so good in the end. Yeah, she betrayed us. I, I, well, put it this way: her gender, her gender, her character's agenda would have changed because a she came out here, which was very seemingly loyal to me, mm-hmm. and then she started realizing, hey, she can quite create a mutiny and create her own little army of followers, mm-hmm. and eventually go away, maybe create their own kind of caliphate somewhere in Europe. Yeah. So she had to break away from me and create and become a leader herself. Okay, gotcha, yeah. It was definitely interesting dynamics. Uh, like all the times when each character kind of breaks off and has a scene with someone else, it was always entertaining because it was just really different how each character interacted with somebody else. Yeah, if you look at, if you look at the characters on, like on a, on a map, a, a web, the amount yeah. of characters and then and how each character affects one character and that character affects another one that is just the 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 the, the brilliance of the creative writing process they do when they map it out across 13 episodes you just the, every single jigsaw puzzle is connected in some way and in some way the audience starts getting behind the storytelling mm-hmm. because as the characters start discovering stuff the audience are discovering it with them and the intrigue and the and the mystery starts hooks you into that um, process as well, which is kind of good. Yeah, and, and that's the quality of the writing. It was, it was brilliant writing. Oh yeah, definitely. It's very elaborate, very and um, we do predictions at the ends of our shows, and it was always 
fun and challenging to be like, what do we think is going to happen next? Because this show is like, you don't even know. Each episode to episode was so different. Yeah. And very unpredictable. In some of the, each episode, and also each episode, when they start, each episode had a nice little ending to it as well. So I think that's the television format where they actually mm-hmm. keep you engaged and then you know you, you want to find out what happens next. Yeah. And again, the quality of the writing, you've got to take your hats off the writing. It's just great. Mm-hmm. And also it's based on a book too, so that kind of spine of the story of the aliens being here and hiding. And so that, that was um, Whitney Stryber's book as well. That helped a lot. Did you read the book then? Yeah, I did, yeah. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. Oh, cool. How, um, I was a fan f- of his work but even before this book. I, I don't remember if you guys remember a film called Communion with mm-hmm. um, Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. It was I made in so. the, I think it was yeah. made in the um, early eighties. It's called Communion, where an alien takes over humans' bodies. Yeah, that he wrote that, and he also wrote. I think he wrote Cat People as well. Oh yeah, there you go. Do yeah. you do you feel your character is similar in the book, or was it uh, not so similar in uh, in the show? Similar. In the, he was the leader of these okay. aliens, and in, and the idea of him saving himself, saving his people, converting him back to who they were, and taking him back to their planet. Yes, and yeah. the idea of where they came from, who he was. What happened on his ship? What happened on his planet? So, what happened on the planet on his ship, and how they end up in, on Earth? Very, the book, the book is very similar. Okay, how much do you feel you relate to your character? <laughs> Good question, Carrie. Good question. Um, I think, I think because I'm, I was born overseas. I was born in another country, and I came here when I was about two and a half years old. Okay. So the idea of being an outsider, trying to fit in. And then sort of having this kind of group of people around you that you're comfortable with. I kind of relate to that in some way. Mm-hmm. And just naturally, I'm a very nurturing, giving person as well. So my, that, that, those elements, that I remember when I was auditioning for it, they're the kind of qualities that they wanted in this character. This kind of human, this understanding and passionate, helping his people, nurturing, caring, um, and also a bit of a leader as well. So mm-hmm. I'm a film director as well, so I'm also a bit of a team leader in that regard. So, yeah, those qualities came into it, I'd say. Yeah. And then uh, your character in it is um, in, from Eastern Europe. And did you do... Romania. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Romania. Um, what kind of practice or prep did you do to get the accent for that? Um, good question, actually. My, in the flashbacks in the 80s, my character, his Romanian accent is very thick. Yeah. And then as we go through time, get to about probably the 89, when the last time you see me in flashbacks, then we jump 25 years and he's hiding in a Turkish prison. Mm-hmm. And the accent changed a little bit more because given because the character was so intuitive and so intelligent, he would adapt to whatever environment that he was in mm-hmm. and he'd pick up accents. So his original Romanian accent would be diminishing as he's moving through regions and locations. And by the time he ends up in America, his accent is an amalgamation of probably Romanian, a bit of Turkish and Arabic and also a bit of um, American, a tiny touch of it. So, yes, in the flashbacks, heavy Romanian thick accent. By the time we get to the present, 2015, his accent was much more less. Mm-hmm. Was that a ca- challenge to keep that straight, or did you film chronologically so then it kind of just built upon itself? Uh, we jumped. We jumped. We, we, ah. I think I got the first four episodes one after another, then we did six, then we jumped from six to, I think, 10, 11, 12, because I think it was because Julie McMahon's availabilities were only here for like two, three weeks. So he, he was in the beginning, as you know, and then he came back kind of near the end as well. So okay. we have to do his episodes first yeah, in shooting order, then go back and shoot the middle scenes as well in between. Oh, wow. And because of his availability, that's what it was for. Was that tricky to shoot out of order? 
Um, no, because you read the, once you read the scripts, yeah, and you know where your story arc. You have your character arc, and you have the sure. story arcs mapped out. As long as you know, and with the director, the director will remind you whereabouts in the story we are again. So yes, this will happen before, mm-hmm. or this will happen after. But in the story arc and the episode arc, you kind of work that out. Oh, okay. That that's sense. normal because because in film you, that's normal anyhow. They shoot out of order depending on locations and actors' availabilities. Yeah. So you can as long as you read the script and you know where you are in the story, mm-hmm. you should be able to fit yourself in. Nice. Now, is there anything you're currently working on that you can tell viewers about? Um, not as an actor, but as a filmmaker, I am. I've got um, two feature films in development in Australia. Um, one in Los Angeles called Z Block, mm-hmm. um, and that's about would you believe zombies in a prison oh cool there you go yeah yeah nice and then it's on the screen but uh can you tell people your twitter handle so they can find you online as well and reach out to you later sure it's uh it's sahat carity the way they spell it uh, at twitter all right cool um Carity. pardon oh yeah so just my name on twitter okay there we go uh you want to spell yep. it for our itunes listeners oh s for sam e-r-h-a-t for tom mm-hmm Carity is C A R A D for Donald double E. All right, Sir Hat Carity. Cool. Thank you very much. Yeah, because I, I, I myself, I'm like, oh yeah, if people are just listening on iTunes, if you're like, how you spell your name? Because yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I have that as well. I'm like, uh, it's Carrie with K. Um, well, thank you so much. I'm gonna have to have you sign off so we can get Laura in before the end of the show. But again, thank you so much for calling in. And uh, yeah, the only way to really reach out, right? Because you're over in Australia <laughs> via Skype. I would have, I would have loved to have came in. I would oh. love to. Have. Well, uh, for your next show, or oh, there you go. When your movie, when that, when you're doing that, and if, if and when you're in LA, you should uh, we'll, we'll do something for that. No problem. We're friends on Twitter anyhow, so we'll keep yes. in touch. There we go. Sounds good. Thank you so much Thanks, again. Thanks, Gary. Thank you. Thanks. And then, uh, guys, right now we're going to switch over and uh, we're going to get Laura. Uh, there we go. I'm letting her know via Twitter. Getting Laura Gordon in. Uh, I'm going to say it's Gordon. Gordon. We'll check. We'll ask. <laughs> be like, you know, names are just like, how do you say that? Uh, get her ready on Skype as well. So, yeah, this season finale, uh, I know we're doing a bit more on the interviews, which personally I think this is great because, you know, we're really getting the inside feedback on these characters and the process uh, of this very interesting show. And, yeah, like we said earlier, unfortunately they were not renewed for season two. But I do think the season ended compactly enough that it's, you know, there's definitely things that are unresolved. But it's almost like a movie that just kind of ends and maybe you don't get everything answered. But there's enough where it ends. And kind of like a horror movie, we have that kind of cliffhanger ending where we have Regan and her mom over in Russia. And there's a bunch of extra hunters. So they're still around. You know, the hunters are not gone. And there is a book that this is based on, too. So you can definitely check that out as well if you're interested in this show. And we're still trying to pull her up on Skype. Yes, yes, there we are. Um, So let me know via Twitter what you thought of the show. What were some of the cliffhangers uh, that you liked? I mean, at the end, we'll we'll just kind of jump to the end of what happens. Um, We got Abby and Flynn kind of going off into (laughs) into the nuclear sunrise. I think it's more sunrise because, you know, they were there overnight. So the nuclear sunrise holding hands. Um, I think they probably survive, maybe, because they do mention that, like, they could survive. But it, the question is, how far out do they get? 
Um, and then we get Jackson and Briggs driving off to... I like that Jackson is like... Abby... Uh, no, he, he's... Sorry, Regan. He's like, Regan, you don't get any sort of special treatment. Man, where's Regan? Where's Regan? So... Shows his true colors that he does care about her Aww, in the end. Because, yeah, his switch was a little weird. I think he just wanted to, like, you know, toughen up and not let anybody walk all over him anymore. And that's why he was like, you don't get any special treatment, Regan. No more for you. And then uh, we have Briggs being an a-hole the entire time. <laughs> and he's asking, but he asks at least about Flynn. He's like, where's Flynn? So at least he cared about somebody beside himself. And, yeah, earlier... Briggs has the, um, yeah, I'm just going to do my own orders to Jackson. So, yeah, he was definitely telling him off. That's for sure. Um, and what else? Do we need help finding the name on there? Or did we have it? Oh, we might. I think we're having some, f trying to find the name. Uh, doo -doo -doo. uh, what else? Let's see. Oh, McCarthy, dude, his demise, man, that double, I think it was two, it looked like Briggs had two gun, like the sonic blasters, and I, I, I kind of saw it coming, but not for sure, because Briggs, I don't trust that guy at all, so I'm like, eh, probably not gonna happen, and then, um, you know, he just comes it to the back of the truck, and you're like, well, what's he gonna do, I don't know, and then, lo and behold, he shoots him. So I was kind of surprised in poor McCarthy. But at least he went quick-ish. All right, we're dialing, I think, for now for Laura. And what else? And we got Jackson. Yeah, no shoot for... Oh, hey! Yay! <laughs> All right, guys, this is... Is it Laura Gordon or Gordon? Gordon Go in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for calling in. No problem. Thanks for having me. And you guys might recognize her as Abby, another Abby. hunter from the show. Oh, maybe we kind of lost oh. you. Have gone away. Oh, there it is. Yay! I can't see you, but I guess you can see me. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm in the studio, so we don't have a camera on me. Otherwise, you'd be uh. looking at our engineers. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I realized I forgot to bring in your picture for the thing. Um, but we'll have to post that on Twitter after. So you had a accident on set. Towards yeah, the end finale and it was so annoying because we got to do fight scenes and stuff but i didn't do it doing anything cool it was oh. just i don't know if you remember when flynn's chasing me um through the doors towards the um spaceship right at the end yes okay i did i just had a fight with the door it's actually <laughs> that take is in is in the, the show um yeah but i i like broke my finger into the pan. I, you can kind of see the scar. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I had to have surgery and get bolts put in there and stuff. Ouch. Yeah. And, uh, we'll post that on Twitter, guys, so make sure to check our Twitter feed for that. Yeah. yeah. So I had to film the last week all the stuff in the hangar where the, um, the hunters are in the compound with this, you know, big cast and we had to kind of just mask it the whole time. And then I think they even had to paint a little bit out. Oh, no. Yeah. It was like, and I, the fight with um, Liana in the, um, in the boiler room uh -huh. type thing, that was going to be like really extensive, but we kind of, I had to be one-armed fighter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. So you had to do that whole fight scene in like the bottom of the ship with just one arm? Yeah. Oh. With, so we had a double kind of 
mm-hmm. swapping in and out with me. And yeah, they they just choreographed it all so that it was only ever using a right. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Well, it still looked really good. It was cool. Yeah, it was cool in the end. Um, yeah. Now, unfortunately, Hunters wasn't renewed for season two. But what what is it like going through all of this? And then finding that out, because it was a pretty darn cool show that had a lot of neat yes. stuff to it, but then you get that news. How How is that? Um, yeah, it's really sad, because it was such a great group of people, um, mm-hmm. such an exciting project to be part of, and I loved Abby. I just thought she was the coolest character. So, yeah, it's it's really sad, but it's kind of, I guess, the nature of the industry, and you have to just go, okay, well, that was an awesome experience, and um, we've got a cool season out of it, and... We just have to go. What's next? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. That's but I would true. love to keep going and see what happened in season two. A TV show spinoff or another like yeah. <laughs> Australian show spinoff after the purge. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, um, where did they film all of this? Because a lot of you are from Australia. Yeah, they filmed it in um, Melbourne. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, they filmed that actually the studio was um, made out of this converted factory in a place called Broadmeadows, which is out of the city, kind of near the airport. And so the um, when all the American producers kind of rocked up, they were like, where are we? <laughs> you know, this isn't like the middle of Melbourne. It's yeah. kind of on the skirts. And so they all affectionately named it Broadywood. Oh, inter- oh that's yeah. cute. Yeah. Do you yeah. have a lot of people saying Melbourne? Yeah, you're like yeah, no. say Melbourne, um, but there was uh, and apparently Melbourne's really great for within a kind of hour drive. Um, you can have all sorts of different um, lookalike places. Oh, okay. So yeah, you can have the desert, you can have the jungle, you can have you know city streets, um, and because yeah, they jumped around to so many different places like Colombia and Mexico and. That was all just like within a 45-minute to an hour drive, which is good. Yeah. Now, since you're based in Australia, was that kind of like nice to be in your home base area or were you like, oh, yeah, I would have wanted great. to go abroad? Yeah, because so, so often you end up having, you know, you know, working on location away from home. So it was a real treat to, yeah, spend six months mm-hmm. in Melbourne, yeah, close to family and friends and, yeah, working on a cool U.S. series. It was awesome, yeah. Have you had um, many U.S. Uh, Twitter fans or people reach out to you after? Because now it's like, you know, you've been exposed to another demographic of people. Yeah. Well, I w- I'm totally new to Twitter. And I'm, I don't even know if I'm doing it right. <laughs> so I'm kind of like a little baby on that. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I'll have to yeah, see what happens. Well, you're on there. That's step number one. At on least you now. got that. <laughs> I was not on there for a very long time. <laughs> Was it hard to uh, keep any of the show info under wraps while you're filming? I mean, even if you weren't on Twitter, were you able to tell your friends and family about it? Or how secretive were they? Yeah, it was pretty secretive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find, I feel like that's sort of the case with nearly everything that you do these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's kind of a broad brush stroke that you can give people. But, yeah, it's always like, and then, I mean, oh, oh don't tell them. Oh, no, I can't say it. Yeah. Because <laughs> your character had so many spoiler moments of crazy reveals. I know. She was, what a crazy ride she went on. I mean, when I think back to episode one, like this sort of sweet mm-hmm. piano teacher living in, yeah, Baltimore. 
and where she ends up. But I didn't know. I always knew that I knew I was a hunter. Mm-hmm. I knew that I had this kind of crazy arc. But I also, I think I only read the first four episodes to begin with. Mm-hmm. Which I'm pretty much, you know, disappeared and I end up in, you know, you find me in that freezer right at the end of it before, I think. Yeah. So I didn't know what was happening. And so along the way, I had to keep kind of checking in with Natalie, the um, the showrunner, kind of with like, am I, do I have good intentions here? Like, <laughs> am I good or bad? Because I know you want the audience to kind of question my loyalties and think maybe... I'm up to no good, but I'm like, I think that I believe in Abby. I think she's cool, right? So it wasn't until right at the end um, when I remember at a certain point when I had, we had about four episodes to shoot, I sat down with Natalie and she said that Abby's actually the most innocent character of everyone because she really, she doesn't know that, she knows about the purge, but she just believes that that's, you know, her, her kind mm-hmm. getting back home and she believes in that. Um, it's just she happened to fall in love with Flint and that's kind of put a big spanner in the works for her. But she has no idea of the nu- nuclear fallout. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she genuinely is She's kind of like a freedom, fi- like a freedom fighter. Um, but it was interesting tracking that acro- along the way going, am I, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> and I really always believed that Abby was, um, had her heart in the right place. But, you know, sometimes you can think that it's a character and an actor, but it's not actually the case. <laughs> but well, it turns out Abby was pretty cool. Yeah, and no villain ever thinks they're the bad guy, so... Exactly, and you shouldn't either, because you yeah. have to kind of believe in what you're about. Now, um, you mentioned you really liked your character. Do you have any? Do you feel you have any similarities to Abby? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I do to the extent that I play... You know, you, you use yourself as much as yourself as you can and you play things, well, I tend to play things through myself. So we've got a lot of the same kind of personality. And um, But, I mean, she lives in such an extreme world. Mm-hmm. Sort of, um, her set of circumstances are so different. I had to really use my imagination to kind of, you know, imagine what it would be like to be a completely different species, an alien and then be- what that is to become a human and to initially not like being human and feeling trapped by it, but then sort of growing to love it because of the emotions she feels for other humans. Mm-hmm. So all of that was kind of um, outside of my point of experience and there wasn't a similarity that I could draw on, so I really had fun kind of creating that um, that history. Yeah. Now, uh, we did have a question while we were watching the show that Abby starts off with the hearing aid and then it kind of goes yeah. away, but then it's kind of there, so... Yeah, so the hearing aid is for... She has really sensitive hearing because it's sonic and it's actually to protect her from the sonic... From generally sound like the piano yeah. would really irritate her ears, so she would wear it um, for that, but it protects her from sonic blasts. So that's mm-hmm. why when uh, McCarthy attacks her in episode one he takes them out yeah and that's why she's so susceptible to it and then when she's in episode five when Flynn gets it he shoots a gun near her ear she doesn't have them in yeah she's not expecting any shenanigans um and so that does crazy things to her hearing and it's really really painful but then in episode eight when they go to Martinez's boat shed Mm -hmm. she puts them in 
because okay. she knows that that explosion might happen or something might happen. So she actually is wearing them, which is why she's not affected by that sonic blast. Okay, well, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. I know, it's kind of confusing. (laughs) Because at first we were wondering, like, what was the purpose? But, yeah, um, we kind of thought that maybe it helped with the hearing because, yeah, hunters have such sensitive hearing. Um, Yeah, so it's not to help with the hearing. It's actually to dampen the the experience. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also was a good cover Mm -hmm. when she was uh, Abby. Abby, Abby. Yeah. Not hunter. Abby. <laughs> Abby uh, version 1, version 1.0. Yeah, because there's a few versions. It's like Spy Abby, Femme Fatale Abby, Hunter Abby, Sweet Nice Abby. <laughs> Freedom Fighter Abby. Freedom Fighter Abby, yeah. yeah. Now, are there any current projects you're working on that you can tell our viewers and listeners about? Uh, yeah, I just finished uh, shooting a miniseries up in Queensland about, I don't know if you guys know Paul Hogan. He's a really iconic, famous um, character, real person um, in Australia. He did the Crocodile Dundee movies. Mm -hmm. Crocodile Dundee. Anyway, they're doing a um, biopic miniseries on his life, and I'm playing his second wife. Oh, fun. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's been great. We've been recreating the films, and, yeah, it's been really exciting and fun. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. And, um... Where where can people find you on Twitter uh, for our listeners? If you want to spell it out as well, please. Yeah. So on Twitter, I'm at Ms. Laura Claire, M-S-L-A-U-R-A-C-L-A-I-R-E. Right. And Instagram, which I'm also very new to. <laughs> they, they Somebody already had that, so I made it at Ms. underscore Laura Claire. Okay. Yeah, so it's nearly the same. Oh, I know. Isn't that frustrating? Someone else has the name. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get any Laura Gordons. Oh. They've taken the Claire's as well. Ah. Uh, any other final words on Hunters and your experience on it? Uh, where we have to wrap up here? Yeah, sure. No, it was look. It was an awesome cast. I loved um, working with everyone. Um, working with Gayline Hurd and Natalie Shades. They're such great, strong, clever women. So it was really fun, and um, I loved going on the journey with Abby. Cool. Well, thank you so much again, and um, it was a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I realize I waved at the screen, guys, and she can't see me, but (laughs) instinctive. Anyway, um, that wraps up the Hunters After Show. Um, Thank you so much for watching. Uh, You can find me on Box Office Breakdown on Monday nights. Tuesday, uh, later on this evening, it's Dead of Summer, a really good horror show. And then Wednesday nights for Vikings. Again, thank you so much for watching the after show for Hunters. Make sure to give us a thumbs up on YouTube. YouTube, I can't talk. YouTube. And five stars on iTunes. We appreciate all the support. And thanks for reaching out on Twitter and your comments. Uh, We love hearing what you think about the show. And if you want to continue the discussion, you can find me online. Uh, My name is Carrie Lane. You can find me online at Carrie D. Lane. That's K-A-R-I-D-L-A-N-E. And make sure to follow AfterBuzz on all social media platforms because we cover a lot of really cool shows all over the place. So make sure to follow us there. And uh, we'll see you later. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV.
Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.